Hello and welcome to Accent of Woman. I'm Ayan Shirwa. The face of the environmentalism movement is predominantly white. Why is this the case? And how can the movement expand to include all voices? The Multicultural Greens Victoria hosted a panel that tackled those exact questions. We'll listen to a snippet of the panel in the second half of the program. First up, I spoke to one of the panelists, Maureen Faruqi, a Green senator about Islamophobia, decolonization, and why she continues to speak out against misogyny and racism. Our guests and the general public know you as a Green senator, but there's more to you, obviously. Who is Maureen? I've had a whole life before I became a politician. So, you know, I'm a civil and environmental engineer. I'm a proud migrant Muslim woman. I'm a mum to two children. I'm a feminist. I'm an environmentalist. Um, you know, like many other people, I've lived a full life. And um, after that, I've joined politics so I can use my experience um, and make sure that real people are represented in the political arena, unlike people who have known nothing else in life but to play the game. And so you don't play the game? I actually, uh, I find it really offensive when people call politics a game because every single day that we do politics, we make decisions, it affects people's lives. It is not a game. Um, you know, we are there to represent our communities and to make sure that everyone in Australia can live a good life. That's what we're there for. It's not about playing games. Mm. And you're very outspoken against racism and misogyny, but I'm guessing that there's also a pushback. Um, how do you deal with that pushback? There isn't a day that goes by when I don't receive, um, you know, a horrific sexist, racist message, whether it comes through social media through a phone call to my office, and sometimes even handwritten letters. Um, and of course, it is um, you know, destructive. It's quite damaging to me, to my family, to my staff. Um, and I'm not the only one who gets these messages. I know that many people of color, and especially women of color at this point in time, and Muslim women are really facing abuse and racism um, across the world, really. Um, so one way I found of dealing with it was to expose it. Um, and the reason of exposing it is not to make people feel bad. It's not to garner sympathy. Um, you know, it's a simple reality. that This is happening in the world, and that's not good enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, but by raising it publicly, um, you know, you do let people know who don't know that this is going on, and you do actually get quite a bit of support and pushback mm-hmm. from people on this sort of racism. Yeah. Um, and the first, I guess, the, the first step towards eliminating racism is to expose it, to speak out against it and to strand, stand up against it. So you've seen the way Ilhan has been treated by the media. Um, what do you have to say about that? Do you think Muslims are particularly singled out? Oh, absolutely. At this point in time, like I said, especially women of colour and Muslim women bear the brunt of what is going on in the world. We know that, you know, if a terrorist incident happens somewhere, it is Muslim women who are abused, Muslim women who live in Western countries. We see that in parks, on public transport. So we definitely are on the front line of this racist and sexist abuse. Mm. Um, You know, but like so many other people, you know, I am not defined by just my religion. That's one part of me. 
you know, I, I am who I am because of, you know, my parents' training, because of what my grandma, my elders taught me, uh, because of my education, because of my culture. All of that comes together and makes me who I am. And I am in Australia a representative of the whole community of New South Wales. And Muslims are a part of that, but they are not the only people that I represent. Because I think people have this real inclination of putting Muslim women in a very stereotypical mold. Um, they see us as having no agency, as being driven by, you know, the men in our life. We, they might be our fathers or our husbands or our sons. And that's not true. The Muslim community, like any other community, is made up mm-hmm. of a vast diversity of people and opinions. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I represent some of those opinions, but I represent the much broader community um, in New South Wales. And we're outside now waiting for the event Decolonizing Environmentalism to begin. It's such a big concept, but what does it mean to you? Um, As you said, it is a big, complex concept, but at the heart of it is, you know, I guess pushing back on the belief that environmentalism is a domain of white people. I'll say it very clearly at the heart of it, it is that because, you know, in, in movements that we see, especially in the Western world, the global north at the moment, um, movements that are environmental movements, you, you don't see the diversity uh, of communities that live in those places being involved in those movements. Um, and it's not as if, you know, indigenous people and people of color don't know how to protect the environment. They've been living in harmony with the environment for thousands of years. And it is, if you look at history, it is really when colonialism and capitalism really took hold is when our environmental destruction really accelerated. So I think it's pushing back on that idea. It's saying that we know how to protect the environment as well. We might have a different way of doing it, but that's not... That doesn't mean that that's not a legitimate way. Mm -hmm. So I'm really looking forward to the discussion today and see how we can bring in more of uh, the indigenous concepts and the concepts of people of colour in terms of protecting our environment. The Multicultural Greens Victoria are a working group within the Greens Party who promote cultural literacy and campaign for the rights of people of colour and other diverse communities. I went to a panel organised by the Multicultural Greens Victoria called Decolonising Environmentalism. Here's a snippet of that engaging panel discussion. So the question that I pose to all of you is, why do you believe the environmental movement is so white-dominated? And what do you think are some of the reasons why First Nations peoples and people of colours are not represented in this movement? Where do I start? Um, Why is it so white-dominated? I think um, because white followers think that they know best. And, you know, and and whilst they might be um, well-meaning and good people, they're actually doing the wrong thing. And they're breaking the law of the land, which we've sustained for thousands of generations. And why aren't our people there? Because our people are struggling to survive every day. We have, um, you know, incarceration rates. Our women are in prison at the rate of over 400% just in Victoria right now. We have 2,500 children in out-of-home care right now. 
and the list goes on. Like the the um, injustices against our people is massive. So if we weren't fighting to survive, then we would be out there fighting for our land and our water. But we've got to fight for basic human rights first and then the environment next. And I believe that, um, you know, if, if whitefellas really want to help, then you've got to fight with us on every campaign, not just on the environment campaigns. We need to, you need to fight with us to stop this mass um, incarceration and the, and, the, and the police killing our people in prisons. That's where we need whitefellas to stand with us as well. Thank you. And Lisa, I'll... Yeah. I've written a few notes. It's as much... It's as much a function of classism as it is of racism for the environment movement being dominated by white people. The environment movement in countries like Australia started with middle classes wanting to protect the bush for bushwalking and camping, and it grew out of that. So it's fair to say that there's a lot of racism in the failure of all people since to recognise the importance and value of Indigenous knowledge of ecosystems and how to care for them. I mean, it's a privilege to, you know, eat organic food as well, to have your solar panels and LED lights, etc. And like Lydia said, and we all know, blackfellas are struggling. Um, when I lived in Footscray in a little flat, I'd be mortified that people were not recycling. But I was living in a little flat, you know, and I consider myself a little bit privileged because obviously I'm not struggling that much. I do have a job, but there were people in those flats. There was 10 people in one flat that there was just two of us. So their priority is not recycling. Like when you're poor and you're struggling, you're not worrying about recycling. Um, and anyway, we know where our recycling is going anyway, don't we? <laughs> it's, um, yes, people are burning us. Um, wasn't there some plastic tofu packets that were being burnt to make something? Oh, anyway, um, and the other part of that, um, and do you think uh, some of the reasons why First Nations people and people of colour are not represented in these movements? Yes, yeah, so blackfellas who are already doing environmental... So there's blackfellas who are already doing environmental work um, and they don't need to join a movement. They're just going about their business. They're, they're just doing what we've been doing forever. There's many that are just busy because as blackfellas, we get extremely busy because guess what? Everyone wants a little bit of blackfellas. I'm on boards. I'm asked to do this. I'm a, you know, there's a lot of things that we're asked to do. We're, we're busy people. Um, I, I, was, I was talking to this old fella in my in, in Sunshine in Brimbank and I was um, saying to him, you know, oh, yeah, let's change the date and, you know, when that started happening and he was just like, oh, what's that? You know, he's an elder and I was just like, oh, well, you know, we're, we're talking about changing the date. It's really important, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I didn't have to explain to him why it was important really but, you know, just said what it was about and he was like – from the conversation, and then we got to talking about other things, and like he's got a child in jail, and he's a he's a pensioner, and he's you know like change the date. It's a campaign, like it's it didn't mean much to him, and I kind of got that it was like, yeah, you've got other things to do that are important. Um, I'm going to keep on going. Look, I'm, I've taken too too long already. <laughs> one more minute. Uh, okay. Um, <laughs> Um, there are the black. Uh, let me think. Let me see. Let me see if there's anything that hasn't been said. Um, 
Oh, look, there's a, there's another black fella. There's a black fella I know who... There's black fellas who just don't agree with the Greens as well, by the way, who who are not like that's their country. And a, a person I know who's quite influential, she wanted to have a festival on up in Queensland and the Greens were very against that. And, I mean, this is not... Like, I actually don't agree with what she was saying, but this is just from her perspective as a black fella, as a, as a traditional owner of that land up there in Queensland, um, because, you know, there was an endangered frog or whatever, which is... I agree with, but she was not happy because that is her country and she should be able to have say on her country. So that was one other point. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a movement... Hmm. The environmental movement, oh, I already said it started by white fellas. And now I'm going to quickly say, um, yeah, look, I, I mean, no, maybe I won't say that. I'll say that. <laughs> it looks like it's too long. Look, no, I will, I will quickly just say that, so I was born in 1967 before we were even counted. Last night I saw The Australian Dream, the opening of the Melbourne International Film Festival, which is about Adam Goods and the whole booing staff and the events that led to the two-time Brownlow medalist Australian of the Year to leave the game. And Stan Grant pointed out so eloquently in his January 26th speech and in the film that the way people behave and how they behaved tells us that we are not welcome here in our own country. And we were all meant to, you know, have been assimilated and bred out by now. So the whole foundation of this country we call Australia was built on and continues to operate on the lie of terra nullius. And until that changes, it is going to be hard for blackfellas on board to get on board because there's general mistrust of whitefellas. Hi, everyone. Um, and thank you so much, Auntie Annette and James as well, for welcoming us so beautifully. Um, and I would also like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land we are on and pay my respects to their elders, past and present. Um, this land was never ceded. It always was and always will be Aboriginal land. And can I say it's an absolute pleasure uh, being back in Melbourne always. Uh, thank you all for coming. And I'd quickly acknowledge my colleague, Senator Janet Rice, and, of course, Sam Ratnam, who's the leader of the Victorian Greens. Um, but coming back to the questions... I guess for me, in the last 30 years of my life, I've lived and breathed the environment, uh, whether it be as a student, as, an, um, as a teacher, as an activist, working in consulting firms or working in local government. That's pretty much all I've done in the last 30 years um, in terms of um, you know, my work on climate change and environmental protection. And I have come across many organizations who are leading the environmental movement and, and of course, seen the, the real face of what the environmental movement looks like or what we are told it looks like. Because I do take the point that indigenous people are protecting the environment, fighting for the environment all the time. But we don't see them. They're kind of invisible in what we are told. Um, so obviously things need to change. And from my perspective, there's two things I want to talk about, about why. Um, why it is the case that people who look like me are not involved or don't seem to be involved in environmentalism or environmental movements in Western countries. And the two reasons are white supremacy and colonialism. And I'll just, I'll just say, because I think you've, you've got to acknowledge the truth. Um, and, you know, I think Lydia touched on it when she said, you know, white fellows think they know it all. And that's exactly what it is. Um, it, it is knowing it all. It is viewing the world from one perspective 
and not looking at another perspective. Although we know that that perspective, how you know, the start of the conservation movement was rooted in racism, and that still goes on. Conserving land was about kicking indigenous people off that land. Um, and I just met with some Tibetan activists the other day who were telling me that that's exactly what is happening now at the moment in Tibet. And the whole environmental movement is behind that. So, you know, um, the Chinese government is declaring an area in Tibet National Park, and basically all the indigenous people are getting kicked off. So they really wanted us to raise those issues. Although, you know, if you look at history, and that's why we need to inform ourselves better, historically, of course, we know about the harmony in which First Nations people have lived in the environment for thousands of years. But also the culture that I come from, you know, we grow up as being a part of the environment, not apart from it. And there is a real history of movements in the subcontinent. And it really, it's, it's, that's rooted in ecofeminism, actually. Uh, in, in the 1970s, you know, the Chipko movement in India, for instance, there were women who made, um, you know, circles around trees so they wouldn't be cut. And, you know, at the risk of their own lives. Uh, and there used to be 5,000 years ago a small town in what is now Pakistan, where I come from, called Mohenjo-daro. And that was one of the first places where 5,000 years ago people like me were dealing with pollution by actually building uh, sanitation systems and water supply systems. But that's kind of all consigned to the you know, footnotes or not even that in history. So I think that's important to recognize. In terms of why now you don't see people like me front and center of environmental movements has to do with the structures of discrimination that are again rooted in colonialism of disadvantage discrimination which prevent us from being in any other movement which pre uh, prevent us from being uh, in leadership positions which pre prevent us from doing you know feminism is i think i have the same critique for the feminist movement now it is not at all intersectional uh, and, and that's because people refuse to acknowledge other people's perspectives. Um, and the last thing I would say is that um, this perspective of, um, you know, of looking at the environment as just environmental protection and not from a social justice perspective is really the big problem. I think more, there is some realization now emerging um, that you know, climate justice and environmental justice are inextricably linked. And I think that's how we need to move forward. And that's how we'll realize that these movements are about social justice at the end of the day. I hate being last, but I also really like it because <laughs> everyone has said everything I was going to say. <laughs> But um, first of all, I would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land upon which we live, stand, breathe and exist and acknowledge their elders past, present and emerging and also the ways in which we as migrants bring our spirits, our elders and our ancestors to merge with the ancestors of the land here. I feel it so strongly all the time. The more I connect with um, indigenous elders and cultural leaders... I feel this way in which we are deeply connected beyond colonialism, beyond time. This is where um, my research and my artistic work has led us um, to look at how First Nations people 
and Indian imaginaries of land, of the earth as mother, as Bruce Pascoe has said, are we going to keep killing our mother every time, every moment? And this is where your concept about ecofeminism, um, I'll go back to the Chipko movement, but before that, 200 years ago, the first time uh, King actually um, put a law into place to protect the trees in a village in current-day Rajasthan where women of that tribe tried to protect a forest from being raised to the ground. And they were killed in the process of trying to protect those trees. The king then enabled the village and that space to still stay sacred as it does today. So I think for me the reason the... I don't know about why the environmental movement is white-dominated. I think everyone's already said all that stuff. But what I'm interested in is if we actually held the environment as sacred and not as just another usable commodity in capitalist societies, how could we reimagine our relationship to our mother? And this fundamental connection is where I think migrants, people from different countries, actually connect to indigenous rights even though they're not always aware of it. Because as you said, rightly, migrants come here escaping, refugees come here escaping war, violence, colonialism of many different kinds and strands. They don't even understand how they've been, decolon they've been colonized in so many ways. They're still struggling when they get here, when all they're confronted with is white mainstream pressures of assimilation, of capitalist enhancement, that they forget twice over their connections to their mother, you know, and now their foster mother, if you will, on this land. So it's really about remembering and going to memories in different ways to reconnect ourselves to not just this mother but the earth mother herself. Uh, and I really do believe that if we tap into those stories again, the ways in which people of colour could actually connect through First Nations without a white centre in the middle as the mediator, I think a lot of our issues could actually be addressed and to pr and make primary women's roles in this project, which I think is really interesting given this panel and your choice of inviting all women. I, I, I really do think that there is something to be said of not a sort of, um, you know, a Western feminist definition of what um, female-centred logic and perspective is, but really... How can we bring alternate perspectives on womanisms, you know, and different kinds of feminist thought? I think, I think yes, definitely. That, thank you very much. I think um, what uh, Priya just said about us um, and people of colour like uh, myself and um, other people of colour in this room actually seeking out those First Nation organisations and going and working and uh, alongside and, uh, is very important. Um, you know, it's, when you do look at environmental movements, um, you know, the ones that are easy to find are the ones that are very much white-centred, but I think it's really it's on us to actively seek out those kind of um, organisations and work uh, with Indigenous uh, and First Nations uh, 
of, 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 of centred organisations I think is very important. Can I just say it, it's probably not the organisations because we don't have an Aboriginal environment organisation. It's seeking out the activists yes, sorry, my within our communities say, yes. because it's the activists that are fighting hard yeah. against the organisations yeah. who've signed the deals um, and it's seeking those out Activist and that's what the environment movement needs to do is seek out us, the activists on the ground, because that's the only way we're going to see change. We hope you enjoyed today's program. If you'd like to know more about the Multicultural Greens Victoria, go to greens.org.au and follow the links to the group's page. Accent of Woman is produced in the Melbourne studios of Community Radio 3CR with the financial assistance of the Community Broadcasting Foundation. The show is distributed nationally via the Community Radio Network with special thanks to the Community Broadcasting